Nate. Good Nate. That's huge. That's fucking big. That's huge. Let's go. Holy shit, Nick. Let's fucking go. Welcome back to another esports podcast. We uh, missed last week because of the holidays, but we are back and better than ever. We hope you had a happy and safe New Year's and Christmas. I am your host, Money Monzon. I'm here with Skis. Skis, happy New Year. And what did you see from the esports for the past two weeks? Well, happy New Year to you and all the listeners. It's good to be back after a week off. Um, but. Uh, not a whole lot in terms of term- tournament play, right? I mean, with the holidays and stuff, it's t- tough to get those things going. Plus, a lot of games are not coming out or having, like, big tournaments, really, this time of year. Um, a lot of news on roster situations and stuff. This is a lot off-season for quite a few games. So, a lot of big roster moves. Some teams doing a lot of stuff, some not so much. Um, and some and drama. Just... Yeah, absolutely drama. There's a bunch of drama going on. Um, we also have like people squashing beef in the new year. We're starting the new year off right. I mean, it, it's been it's been fun to just like look back and look on Twitter and stuff and see what's going on there. And uh, Call of Duty beefs can get squashed and then quickly rekindle themselves. So we will see how long that lasts. Very true. All right, so CDL news. Lots of drama out of the CDL skis. Start us off. So, uh, the new team, uh, Oxygen Boston, well, I don't know if they're going to go, they don't know if they're going to go by that name or not yet, but Boston, that's definitely going to be there. Um, they have not set a permanent roster yet. Um, so that's interesting to see where in our London team that hadn't had a roster, they finally set up a roster which is made up of Afro, Gizmo, Nasty, and Zero. The so young roster. Um, very young roster, which is what we were talking about in that first episode, right? They were, I mean, we figured they would have to dip into challengers and bring up some guys, and that seems to be what they what they went for. And see, chat, we uh, we are a reliable source for your CDL news. Something like that. Um. um So there was also some drama around preseason rankings for the first major. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, Let me pull out the the ranking or the betting odds for the first the first uh, kickoff classic. So we have the two juggernauts up top with Phase and Optic. The Phases favored to win the kickoff classic no surprise Um, there no so i mean there's no surprise really with the with the top four i would say because it goes phase optic ultra and thieves so i'd say that's a pretty solid top four um because those were the i mean the best teams last year Mm -hmm. um the the biggest drama i've seen is boston is ahead of paris and london and Boston still doesn't have their roster set completely. <laughs> I mean, they've been screaming with quite a few of the same guys, right? But they still don't have a set roster. So that was that was pretty funny for me to look on Twitter and see that they were favored over two teams with set rosters. Kind of surprised they're not favored over Seattle as well, to be honest. I um, think that there are some free agents out there that could compile a team that, on paper, should handily beat Seattle. Now that's 
without scrimming and playing for as much time on the new game together as Seattle will have. But um, I think still at this point, um, I don't favor the Seattle roster. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say I favor the Seattle roster, but looking at, I mean, Paris and London's rosters, I I would say Seattle is uh, not far better than them, but definitely ahead of them uh, for the time being with uh, accuracy in them. So, yeah, I yeah I agree. They they are not the bottom of the barrel, but um, we might we might get a surprise out of this London team. We'll see how they. They can build chemistry quickly together, and um, young players are always exciting to watch, especially in Call of Duty, a game that relies on reaction time. Yep, exactly. So there is some other news in former CDL, current CDL uh, players. Formal and Crim6 are squashing their beef? <laughs> so Formal and Crim were, were seen playing Halo together for quite some time just last night i believe uh formal was streaming and he was playing with Krim and they were just they were playing uh ranked together uh after formal got done with his practice and stuff for i mean he's a professional halo player now so he's got to practice but yeah after that was over they hopped on and played together it was uh it was pretty pretty interesting to see that uh just from the former knowledge of formal bashing crim and call of duty like tier lists and stuff like that yeah very interesting and i mean i think formal stepping out of the call of duty scene has to contribute to some squashing of the beef um you have two very seasoned veterans that have storied cdl careers and it makes sense for them to kind of put stuff behind them once one of them's moved on from the scene uh, so I wanted to ask you a question about CDL. Have you seen any of the um, Twitter drama slash like these pros getting on podcasts and talking about how they are not enjoying the game and are honestly dreading like being a professional Call of Duty player this year? I have, and the most notable one for me is Crim6 has been very outspoken about um, Activision's lack of effort in their new games and how they haven't kept the scene fresh, they haven't kept the game fresh, and that it's blatant reskins of previous games. And I, you know, having played all these games, I tend to agree. Vanguard is a reskin of uh, of uh, World War Two. Yeah. It's the it's the same uh, movement mechanics. It's the same engine. It's it's the same guns that they're recycling. It's some updated graphics, but only just it. Um, they're recycling different maps from previous games. It's, and it's I, I'll it's tell you what too because oh go ahead. I am. I have loved Call of Duty my whole life. It is a game that has a close place in my heart, and I am as far removed and disappointed and frustrated and ready to kind of just move on from the whole thing as I've ever been because the they're not doing anything for the community and they are doing everything to try and pad their pockets and you add on top of that the 
sexual harassment suits at Activision and their kind of flippant um, way of handling those situations. And it all adds up to there's better stuff out there at the moment. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, when you have games like Valorant with how well it's set up for competitive already, at even at launch, like it, I mean, it was almost perfect at launch for competitive play. And then you have Call of Duty, who's been around for all these years, that has had a very good competitive scene um, and a very viewable competitive scene. But when you have Valorant coming in, getting in calls, getting in meetings with their professional players and uh, coaches and teams and stuff like that, and they're asking the players and coaches, how can we improve on this already like very well put together game? That speaks volume to how much they care and how much they want their game to succeed over over time, as opposed to for eight months while before the new game comes out. You know, I mean, I think that's I think games like Valorant handle that situation very well with their competitive scene, and they treat their players and teams with the utmost respect. I I totally agree. And you look at I mean, Halo is doing the same thing. You're right into it. In closed beta, you have tournaments, or in open beta, excuse me, you have Halo tournaments, and um, you know, incorporating the teams into the game has been efficient and well executed from Halo. Um, I think you'll see team integration into Valorant very soon. You already saw Valorant uh, have a skin collection bundle, the VCT skin collection where half the proceeds went to the teams competing in VCT and they released the numbers where um, each team was receiving over $150,000 from those skin sales. So um, Call of Duty is getting left behind. and Yeah, they're just not doing it right. They're I mean... antiquated ways of doing business and creating games as has been passed up and yeah, a, they need a change I mean... and they need to change fast. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. They they do know what they're doing. Like, Call of Duty knows what they're doing. The I mean, it's very calculated to make them the most money possible, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's a business after all, and you have to take that into consideration. But when it's Call of Duty, the biggest video game franchise of all time, like, you you have to put a little bit more. You have to give a little bit more respect to your competitive players, mm-hmm. or there's not going to be a competitive scene it just won't happen you won't have guys these big icon gamers like skump or crim or those guys you won't have those guys playing the game you won't have new guys trying to come up to play that game because they don't see other people playing it anymore um but back to what i was saying that they know what they're doing i they i mean it's strategic how they lay out their tournaments right the first tournament is until the end of january where there's a dead period in the game. People got it uh, in November, right? So that's when it launched. December comes around, everybody gets Christmas, everybody's done playing it after a month, and then they have the first tournament, which gets everybody back into playing it again. So it's very strategic how they do that, which, I mean, I'll give give props to them where it's due. That makes them a lot more money in the long run. But I think Call of Duty should look into maybe doing like every two-year launch or something like that just to make their games better at launch. And that's the way the games are trending, right? You have games like Apex Legends that's been out for four years now, and 
Yeah. They they have a full time dev team that continues to make money with one game. They've done very well with updating the game and adding changes that the community needs to keep it fresh. And they're adding new maps and um, games are lasting a lot longer. And with the nature of games being played online, I think that it lends itself to you know multi year launches. Yeah, I think that the I days think... of needing new games every year to play the new campaign is is long in the past. Right. I mean, it was always exciting as like a middle schooler, high schooler getting a new Call of Duty every year. Right. I mean, that was always exciting because I mean, I wasn't necessarily trying to be a competitive Call of Duty player, but so it was always fun and new and fresh. But I mean, if if your game isn't good at launch, then what's the point? of launching it every single year, you know? Yeah, ref- continue to work to refine a game over, you know, multiple years and p- invest in refining what you've put out instead of rushing new product just to grab some more money. And speaking of which, a game that has been out for a couple years now that is having trouble because they haven't updated it well, Warzone. We've seen, we talked last podcast two weeks ago about Courage leaving Warzone and publicly stating that he won't be playing it on stream anymore. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how that's kind of not going to tip the scales for Warzone. I've been kind of monitoring it, the state of Warzone over the last couple of weeks since we talked about it. And you have players like Aiden and Zlaner going over to Apex and yep. publicly stating how bad of a state they think that Warzone is in, I think that the scales are now tipping in a direction that if I was a Warzone developer, if I was Activision, I would be concerned. Yeah. I I would be concerned... I would be concerned of viewership of my game, because viewership means more people are playing it, right? Um, But at the same time, like... I think I did see a clip of Zlaner this morning actually on Twitter. He was talking about how he hated the he hated Caldera at first, kind of like what I was saying in the first episode. Um, but that he's kind of started to turn a corner a little bit with it and is starting to like it a little bit more. Um, but at the same time, you I mean, words are words, and actions speak louder than words, and if he's going to go play Apex, then it means he's not enjoying the game as much as maybe he says he is or that he thinks he is. Yeah, I totally agree. And for me, it's even more about the exposure of those fan bases. Zlaner, through his amazing Call of Duty play and his affiliation with Doc, has created a very large community and all of those people are watching him play apex he doesn't have to say anything about warzone he has to, doesn't have to say anything about apex all people have to see is him playing apex and it will make right. them want to play apex more than they wanted to play apex before they watched that stream right yep um speaking uh you brought up dr disrespect um I s- I saw a 
I think you did, right? I did. Was I did. No, I did. I definitely did. So I saw a clip of him the other day about him wanting to start his new, uh, what is it, development company or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Midnight Society. Um, yeah, Midnight Society. Um, I watched a little interview with him, and it's it was so interesting to see what he had to say. I mean, he he's not having fun. I mean, he's having fun. He said he's having fun playing games, but he's not having the fun he used to and that he's meant to be more to the gaming community than just a streamer. So I, I think that's really intriguing to keep an eye out to see what he he does with that and what kind of games he starts developing uh, over there. And because well, I, I think he's a guy that wants to please the community and will do stuff for the community to make a game as good as it can possibly be. So I think that's one uh, company to look at in the future for um, upcoming good games that'll be for the players and not for the money necessarily. I totally agree, and I think that you're looking at maybe a, a three-year timeline. Oh, absolutely. Two years at best, yeah. but um, I think that Doc legitimately wants to make something for the community. He wants to make something competitive. And he wants to make something that's going to push the industry in a way that he thinks it should be pushed. And I tend to agree with his opinions on the gaming industry most of the time. So I am also very excited to see that. It's interesting that you brought that up, Skis, because another thing that I was thinking about was streamers and their impact on the community. And we over the last two weeks have seen some really gigantic charity streams and and giveaways back to the community that um, it's inspirational, really. And it starts with, well, I mean, we can't ignore the elephant in the room. Yesterday, I believe yesterday, right? Trainwreck yeah. said that he would give away a million dollars, jokingly, at the beginning of his stream if he hit the $10 million jackpot which he did, and he promptly he gave away a million dollars on stream at the end of yeah. stream. That is remarkable. And Twitter blew up. It Twitter really Twitter just totally broke down four train wrecks, and rightfully so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the dude works hard. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, and he's he's been very blessed with a very very big following um and he he's just a people pleaser man and i i love that about train like he can get along with most people um he's obvious i mean he's a jokester and he has a very dry sense of humor right he, he doesn't like show a lot of emotion or anything like that and seeing train just give back to the community as much as he possibly can whenever he can is it's a really cool thing to see in the gaming space. Um, I mean, even though he doesn't necessarily play uh, like games as much anymore, he does his gambling stuff most of the time. Um, it's still really cool to see him help other people in his community and his own friends as well. I mean, I know he donates, or not necessarily donates, but he gives his buddies that are in his Discord calls money all the time to like help them get back on their feet or whatever they might be going through as well. So that's, I mean, he trains a really good dude. So that's all I have to say about him. He, uh, you know, 
he is a pretty laid back guy. He jokes a lot, but there are some things that he really stands up for, and that is the the streaming community. And when he say, sees corporate hypocrisy, he will call it out, and he is not afraid to get his hands dirty and put his reputation on the line, standing up for what he thinks is right. And I I really admire that. Uh, other other streamers giving away tons of money one of your favorites skis nick Merks. tell us about his giveaways this season so this year he gave away 300 like so not he didn't give away three hundred thousand dollars, but he gave away um like equipment merch and cash that was like equal to three hundred thousand dollars to his uh not only his community, but also the people that work for him, like his mods and like editors and all that stuff too. So, um, but it's crazy how we've come this far in gaming to where people can do that in their own communities and for other people. And I think it just speaks tremendously to how, um, big gaming is now. I mean, it, when people are out here throwing around a million dollars, $300,000, just from their own heart, just giving back to the people that have helped them get to where they are. Uh, it's, it's pretty awesome to see that. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's not just during the holidays anymore, either. You see it throughout the year <laughs> and names like Nick Merckx and Trainwrecks and, and Lugwood giving all kinds of things back is it's everything that you aspire to be as a content creator having yep. those kind of opportunities there hasn't been a lot going on this last couple of weeks because of the holidays we've touched on some of the CDL news some of the uh, headlines from more of the streaming community. I wanted to touch quickly, skis, on some Valorant roster updates for 2022 and a little bit of my own personal speculation, if you will appease me. Yep, let's, let's hear it. So, there has been a lot going on in the Valorant roster scene, and there's been nothing going on. And I mean that in the fact that a lot of the major... Rosters still are not shaped out. You have FaZe completely remodeling. It looks like they're going to build around Baby Bay, which you can decide whether or not, if you think that is the best decision, you have 100 Thieves left with two veteran CSGO players, one of the brightest young talents, and two open roster spots. The one thing that seems stable is that Sentinels is steadfast in saying that they are not making any changes, and I think that's the right decision out of them, and I think that if somebody was leaving, you would have seen it by now. Now, there are a couple teams that have recently rounded out their roster, and a team that I think can make a very good push to make major runs out of NA is Exet. Exet had some really good runs in the last chance V8, CT qualifiers making it to losers finals. Um, they are led by BCJ, who is a seasoned FPS pro. He's been a professional in CS:GO. He's been a professional in Apex. He's now the IGL for Xset, and he did an amazing job last year. They have added Cryocells, and we think that Purear is going to be riding the pine and maybe LFT after this move, but. Adding cryocells, a, a top 10 
ranked player, which I understand rank does not often translate into being a good pro, but what being a top 10 ranked player does show is that you're very consistent and that you are uh, a very good aimer. I think adding something like that to a team with a what is a mastermind in BCJ um, with Zekin, some experience out of Def and uh, Aaron, it's going to be a, a roster to watch. There are a couple interesting free agents floating around right now. Baby J was let go by uh, aforementioned Bays, And if you look at a 100 Thieves team who has two players who have typically played initiators in Ethan and Hiko and their veteran experience, you have a young Fragger and Asna who will always be in that duelist role. I think what you're looking to add is a player that can play a Sentinel or potentially play a controller. Baby Bay is just that. Or, ba excuse me, Baby J is just that. So I would not be surprised at all to see Baby J find his way over to 100 Thieves, maybe in, even in an IGL capacity. <coughs> excuse me. Um, recovering from some holiday illness. Excuse. Um, yeah, the holiday illness, that's what we're calling it now. Huh? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hitting all over the place. <laughs> So you'll have to bear with me, but I think you might see somebody like Hiko go back to uh, controller. He's played controller in the past for 100 Thieves, leave Ethan on the initiator role, and then this is a little out there, but I have this gut feeling that one of your only CS NA major winners is going to enter the Valorant scene, and that's Tarek. Tarek was on the C9 team that won in Boston. He has been grinding Valorant for quite some time. He is consistently in the top 20 in the rank charts. You watch his streams, you can tell that he is a very, very special player. He consistently says on Twitter that he's addicted to Valorant. He has also said in the past that he doesn't see himself being done from competitive. I think that a lot of people expected him maybe next year to enter the scene. He's 25 now. I think that we are going to have a surprise announcement, and I would not be surprised to see him join the likes of Asuna and Hiko. He has uh, played on teams with Hiko in the past. He has streamed and played with Asuna. They have a relationship. I think that 100 Thieves Tarek might be next and if he is added to that roster with Asuna, Hiko, Ethan and then potentially Baby J boy that's a tough team to beat that's what I have to say about Valorant there's a lot going on was that skis? Okay, before before we move on I have a question uh, about the Valorant roster moves just getting your opinion I mean I don't necessarily know a whole lot about Valorant or uh, like different players and what they're good at but um what do you think the maybe the top two orgs that are either making moves to have the best chance uh, next season or ne or not necessarily making moves so that they can have the best chance next season? Like, what are your top two teams that you think are either making moves or not making moves the best? Okay, so I will give you that. That's hard to answer now, right? Because a lot of teams haven't actually made their moves. Right, um, right. But I think that on that list no matter what is going to be sentinels i think the success that they've had with that roster you've had a lot of people calling for zom's head and i think that is totally asinine 
Doms, if you ask any professional Valorant player from North America who the most underrated player in North America is, they say Zoms. I've seen that from five, six, seven different people. Uh, his impact is often hidden. He is a very clutch player, and he's often in those clutch situations. So um, I think that Sentinels has the most well-rounded roster. I think if they're able to keep everybody around and keep Shazam from re retiring, I, I, they have to be your favorites in NA. Um, my second answer at the moment would have to be Exet. Exet took a roster that was very good and overperformed last year. They invested money to go get cryocells from Soar, paid Soar for cryocells, to upgrade their team and move on from Pure. Uh, that's a big move, and that's a big investment from Exet, and I expect them to be competing to win all of the tournaments in NA because of that. So That's good to hear. <laughs> Well, Skis, what do you expect to see this coming year? Do you think there is uh, a, a game that comes in and takes over the scene in FPS? Do you think that, you know, it's it's the steady rise of Valorant, maybe maybe a little bit of a rise in Apex? Do you think Warzone makes a renaissance? What do you um, what do you foresee from twenty twenty two? My predictions are a steady rise in Valorant. It's, I mean, I've been playing it more. You can attest to that. I'm not very good, but I've been playing it more. Uh, it's very interesting, very fun to try to learn how the game works, how people play the game, and uh, how you're supposed to play the game. I think Apex will still see an increase in player player base and viewership as ALGS comes around. Um, and then Warzone, I, I don't know. I have no idea because... I don't think I don't think Warzone is going to have the viewership or the player base for these tournaments that they've had in the past to keep it relevant necessarily. Um I think it'll start fading out and I mean they're going to have to find something else to rejuvenate that game as early as this year. I mean the way it's going right now it's not going to be around for too much longer. I mean, it'll be around for a little bit, but not, I don't know over the course of a year how well their player base is going to hold up if it keeps trending the way that it is right now. Um, I haven't necessarily seen too many uh, other games coming around in the competitive world that necessarily intrigue me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I tend to agree with you. Um... I think that one thing I do predict is that the CDL is going to have a large fall from grace. I oh, yeah. The hype leading up to this year has only been negative. I haven't heard any sort of buzz surrounding the upcoming start to the season. I've seen many players be very outspoken about the CDL, many of whom have moved on to different games, which I think is even more impactful when they say things like that. Um, I will be very interested to see the CDL viewership numbers at the end of the year. Outside of that, I don't think that there's a major launch that I've heard of that's going to impact the scene. I think that we're going to see a rocket ship of a start for Halo. Oh, and yeah, I'm very cool. excited to 
to see what happens there because initial viewership for the uh Halo Raleigh was insane really for a game that is only just released so and that Halo community is loyal and goddamn are they rabid so mm-hmm. Halo should be be a fun fun game to track in 2022 Well skis it's been a quiet week I think that's going to wrap up our pod Everybody, you can find our podcast on Spotify. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find the VODs on both mine and Skeez's Twitch channels. That's twitch.tv backslash moneymonzon, twitch.tv backslash lil I-L-L Skeezer. <laughs> and for Skeez, I'm Money Monzon. We will catch you next week, Monday. Peace.